11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Ryan Johnson. Ryan, how's it going? How you doing, Paul? Good to meet you. Good to be on here. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Let's just go back in time. Uh, how'd you get involved playing soccer? Uh, well, I'm Jamaican-born. My father, he played in Jamaica. And, you know, it's, it's the number one sport mm-hmm. uh, in Jamaica, so... Gotcha. I came up when I was two years two years old to Boston, um, where you know where majority of my life I was raised, and uh, I played you know the you know youth club. So I've been I've been playing since you know I could walk. Gotcha. Did you play any other sports growing up? Uh, basketball. I, you know, I'm a I'm a huge fan of basketball. Watch you know watch the NBA all the time, and mm-hmm. um, I played played high school basketball until my travel schedule got too intense for soccer and I had to choose you know which point I was going to focus on and obviously it was going to be soccer for me yeah do you think uh like playing basketball helped you get better at soccer uh not really but it was just you know it's it's good to have a mental change from a sport something that you're not as naturally as uh gifted at Mm -hmm. um but you, you know you try to find a way to uh you know get the job done get the wins and you know, it, it, it definitely helps, you know, any player, as long as you stay, you know, healthy, don't get injured or anything like that. But um, playing play another sport, can, you know, can definitely help uh, you mentally stay engaged in the sport that you really love. Yeah, definitely. And going going into your high school career, did you play, like, club soccer and high school or just one or the other? Well, yeah, so at that time you were able to play both. So, like, you know, my normal schedule was – getting up pretty early. Um, I commuted about an hour away from where I lived in the inner city of Boston um, mm-hmm. to the suburbs to go to school for, you know, better schooling, better uh, better environment. And then so I would get home pretty late, like around 10 and, you know, repeat the cycle. So definitely childhood commuted a lot, but, it, you know, it all, it all paid out in the end. Yeah, and then what, what was your recruiting process like out of high school? Uh, so at that time, Adidas held a a big uh, camp for like the top 150 players um, in the nation. They called it Adidas ESP camp. Mm-hmm. It was down in North Carolina, uh, Greensboro, and uh, went down there. You know, played for the weekend. And after that, you know, all the all the top colleges are in attendance. And after you know, if you do well, you know, you get a lot of um, letters and recruitment letters. You know, coming in the mail. And so that's when things really heated up. Started. And um, eventually chose my five schools that I went into my uh, 
recruiting visits with and eventually chose uh, Oregon State where I felt like it was it was home to me. What, what was the, what was like the final two schools? Uh, it was probably between Oregon State and South Florida. UConn was 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 a big one for me. Just growing up in the Northeast, mm-hmm. um, they had a great great basketball program. Tons of tons of guys went pro from there. So those are probably my three top schools that I really wanted to go to. And what was it like uh, to play at Oregon State? Oh, Oregon State was was great. It was a, definitely a pleasant surprise. And when you look back, the amount of pros that that made it out of there especially a school that it's a big school, but if you, if you look at the location, it'd be a fairly difficult place to, to recruit. You know, if you're going to compare it to like a, a South Florida, which, you know, it was a tough decision for me to go back and forth on, but, you know, I just kind of thought about what mattered to me and being in a, a college town, more focused, less distractions. And um, I knew what was going to ultimately be best for me and, uh, my life. Yeah, well, what was it like moving from the East Coast to the West Coast? Uh, just completely different kind of lifestyle, different kind of people. Uh, you know, East Coast is a lot more fast-moving, fast-talking type of people. West Coast is just a lot more chill. Mm-hmm. You know, people a lot, lot more friendly. And that was one of the first things I noticed was how friendly everyone was and um, just how at home everyone made me feel. And it's just maybe kind of confirm that, you know, this is probably a good place uh, for me to really focus and get my education. Uh, but at the same time, be in a good conference, which is a, which is a big deal, you know, for any athlete to, to really compete against the best. And so at the time, being in the Pac-10, you know, I wanted to really compete against the, the UCLA and Stanford and Cal Berkeley of the world. I wanted to see... How I can stack up against guys like that, and um, you know, growing up on the East Coast, you don't really get too much opportunities to travel to the West. And I wanted to test myself and 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 get to see the the West Coast of of the United States. Yeah, for sure. And what about was there a moment like when you were at Oregon State that you knew you could go pro? Um, I would say probably going into my junior year. You know, I did I did fairly well in my freshman and, and sophomore year in school. Um, you, you know, you always want to be a pro, but you just never know yeah. if the opportunity is ever going to present itself. So, one of the upperclassmen and one of my good friends, you know, someone who's, who's like a big brother, Alan Gordon, who, uh, you know, played many years in the league as well. Uh, he got, after his senior season, he uh, got drafted or he signed with the, uh, with the Portland Timbers. Um, at the time where it was the A-League, it was called. And um, I remember coming up to Portland to watch one of his games and just being in a big stadium, seeing all the fans. Because Portland's always had a really good fan um, attendance and uh, support. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember looking up at the stadium and thinking, man, like, you know, watch being around Allen and seeing how hard he worked every day in the weight room on the field, you know, doing sprints, you know, just how much effort that he put in and a lot of the older uh, upperclassmen, you know, how much work they put in. And I, I really started to think, okay, you know, if, if Alec can do it, if he's gotten this far, you know, I believe I had a talent as well to achieve the same thing. So that's when things really started to become real to me that I can, uh, 
I can I can actually go pro as well, you know, knowing that someone that I knew personally uh, went pro because I I never knew anyone personally that went pro mm-hmm. um, in the United States until I I met him. Yeah, that's that's cool. That's a I feel like that's how sometimes it usually sometimes that happens when you meet somebody and then you're like, wow, they just went pro, and then you're like, I could do it too. Uh huh. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, you got drafted third round, 26 overall, uh, 2006 draft. So what, what was that whole experience like getting drafted? Uh, I just remember being at home, you know, watching the the ticker, not knowing that uh, if I was going to be drafted or not. Um, so I was, you know, super nervous. And when I saw my name, I was just, I couldn't, you know, it was definitely life-changing. I couldn't, couldn't believe it. Got the phone call from the organization which made, you know, made it know that, okay, this is really real. I'm really going to be leaving school, you know, leaving my girlfriend, who is my wife right now, you know, really starting a new life and yeah. uh, definitely overwhelming. And uh, it just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's a, it's, a, it's a turning point, you know, in your life where you realize, okay, this is now real, it's a job, and um, you got to, you know, cherish every day and, and really work hard and, trying to push yourself to achieve what you never knew that you could yeah now being a third round pick you had to you had to like make the team too right like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like guaranteed so what was that how did you get the like the yes that you made the team well I, you know i was got to the salt lake and so when i went into training camp you know the first thing they tell you is hey you guys don't have a contract you guys aren't the team you guys are, are trying out so, you know, they call you, they call you a trialist and right there, it, you know, it really sets in that like, you know, yes, you got drafted, but it doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to get paid or, or anything like that. So, you know, that really set in stone that, you know, I, you know, I really had to be focused and be ready. And, you know, I, I did, it did well. And, um, you know, the fitness tests, um, all the little ways that they test you um, in training camp against guys. All the all the mental stuff, uh, you know, it, it it really takes a toll on you. But you know, once um, you know, I got the the message that you know I was going to be offered a developmental contract, which was really small. You know, at that time, it was about eleven. It was eleven thousand seven hundred bucks, you know, for the year. But you know, I didn't really care about the money. I just um, was really happy for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And knew that you know, if I if I just stayed the course, that you know I would I would make more. And uh, you know when when you're playing, you're testing yourself against the guys that are pros. You realize that you know you're not that far off. You're just younger than them. So yeah. um, you know you, you try to produce, you try to score, you try to get assists. You know every time you play in practice, you just try to produce something to show your value and and really gain the the confidence that uh, that you need to be you know, a long-term pro and uh, just, you know, taking things one day at a time. So, you know, every day I try to leave practice doing something, scoring, getting assists. You know, I, I had to leave the field knowing that I made something happen for my team and we won. So winning and losing is always a, a big thing. Yeah, now in 2006, what was what was like your first MLS game and like? And then what was your first game with uh, the Jamaican national team like? Uh, so 2006, my uh, my first start was against uh, LA Galaxy, and it was against Landon Donovan. I was playing left midfield. Landon was playing uh, right midfield, so I had to mark him 
which was definitely pretty intimidating knowing, you know, who he is. And at that time, he was really in his prime. He was really, really fast, really flying. And, uh, uh, you know, that was my first start. And, you know, I was super nervous. You know, my knees are shaking. You know, you just never know how that how you're going to be when that situation happens. And, um, you know, I, I got through the game. You know, did did fairly well. Um, I think I got subbed off maybe like seven, you know, I'd say like seventy five minutes or something like that. And uh, you know, got got it out the way and got got the nerves out the system and you know went on to you know play more games after that. Then so uh, that same year, I got my first international cap in Jamaica against the U.S. national team down in North Carolina in Kerry, and we tied that game. I think one one or or nil nil. I believe it was one one. And uh, playing against like Eddie Pope, who was my teammate at the time at Salt Lake, and you know Landon, Eddie Johnson, it was all, all the the big names were there because they were preparing for the World Cup. Um, it was it was a you know really good experience, and it really helped me gain the confidence that I needed. That knowing that I can compete with you know guys that are you know making really good money and you know have really good reputations. Um, in the league, you know, just great players. So, you know, those experiences at a young age uh, coming out of college really helped me gain the confidence that I needed to know that, like, I belonged, that I was I was going to be here for a while if I just kept on working hard and doing what I needed to do on a daily basis. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't want to keep on talking about 2006, but you also got traded that year. So what, what was that like to get traded your rookie year? Um, I remember this gonna go pick up my girlfriend at her work and I got the phone call from the head coach that um, you know I'm gonna be traded to, to Chicago and so that was a complete shock you know because you're you know you, you just think that mm-hmm. you know, they, they preach things about being a family and working hard for each other brotherhood all, all that you know all those uh, catchphrases and, yeah, yeah. you know then you realize that you know it's a, it's a business you know you're you're always going to be expendable, you know, to any organization. So you got to make sure that you individually are doing everything that you can to always increase your value as a player. So if the opportunity is either taken away or for whatever reason things happen, you have to move on, that you you have value for another team. So, um, you know, thinking about Chicago, like instantly I was like, wow, it's a, it's a huge city. I've never, I've never been to Chicago before. I got, you know, I got pretty excited that uh, I was going to go to a new organization, different, you know, different change of life from living in Salt Lake, and you know, I had to instantly break, break the news to my, uh, to my girlfriend and wife now um, that hey, I just, I just got a phone call from the head coach that uh, we're going to be moving to Chicago. So you got to tell your work that um, you know you're going to have to, to move, and so. She eventually transferred over to, to to Chicago, so she was, you know, she kept on working there. But uh, it was it was definitely a, a a shock and you know a pretty fast intro into the world of professional sports. Yeah, I think as uh, like fans, they don't. I don't think people realize like when you when like players get traded, it's like their whole family. You got to move or you got to figure it out and pack everything up. Everyone's yep. always, you know, just like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. He got traded. Like, yeah, he got traded to my team, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. So, I mean, it comes with a lot of stress. You know, you, you know, your your wife or whoever you're involved with, 
you know, has, has friends and you got to break it to them and, you know, your bills, everything has to be changed over. I mean, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a whole thing. And, uh, you know, hopefully things work out that you're going to a place where you want to be compared to could be the opposite where you go to a place where you don't really want to be. Yeah. And then uh, the following year, you went to Sweden. Did you get loaned out or you just went there? Uh, I just went there. So uh, at the end of that contract, you know, being paid pretty small, uh, when I when I got traded over to Chicago, I got uh, a, a small pay increase. I mean, I was making 15000 uh a year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, living in Chicago, you know, paying rent, trying to make ends meet. And, you know, I wanted to, and like most players, right, their dream is to play in Europe and overseas. Mm-hmm. And so um, an agent, a Norwegian agent at the time, you know, helped, helped me get an opportunity in, uh, in Sweden. And so uh, I went over to Sweden. Um, before that, I went on trial with a team in, in Norway but eventually signed with a team in Sweden and uh, played there for uh, for 2007 season. Yeah, and then coming back, uh, you went you went back to the MLS and you went to the San Jose Earthquake. Um, what, what was the transition like going from MLS to overseas to back to MLS? Uh, so coming back from, from Sweden, I actually had to make a... a maybe a three-month stop in, in uh, indoor soccer. Um, I played for the New Jersey Ironman um, in the Indoor Professional League for about three months during the off-season of MLS when the, the season was, uh, you know, coming to an end to start the new season in 2008. And a good friend of mine gave me a call and said, hey, what are you doing? Um, you know, I'm with, I'm with uh, San Jose Earthquakes right now. Um are you interested in coming on a trial? Um, and I said, yes, I'm definitely interested. And, you know, I want to, I want to be back in MLS. So I went in on a three-day trial with a whole bunch of, uh, you know, trialists. None of, the, none of the regular players or signed players were there. It was kind of like a combine, basically. Uh, did well there to be invited into preseason and uh, eventually made the team. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that about me, that, you know, I had to go through that transition to get back into MLS, but you know that's what it was for me. It's, it's once you leave the league, it's not guaranteed you're going to be back, and um, you know you have to constantly be, be proving yourself and staying fit uh, when no one is looking. You know, I, I would be up every morning running and doing my own individual training to, to make sure that I stayed in shape. So when I I got my opportunity, I was ready. Yeah, and then that that same season you scored your first MLS goal. Uh, what, what was that goal like? Uh, you know what? I can't even remember what that, what that goal was. Dang, uh, you remembered everything before that too. That's why I was. That's why I was. That's why I was impressed. I was like, some guys usually don't remember all this stuff. But then I was like, you got. I thought you would remember your first goal. <laughs> no, no, I really can't remember my first. Do you remember who it was against? No, no, not at all. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go look it up on YouTube and see if I can find it somewhere later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, I mean, I I'm trying to think back on it now. I mean, uh, I think I scored five goals or something like that that, that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I remember that, but I just um, my first one. I gotta I gotta go back in the archives and, and see how how it happened, where it happened. Um, I think I'll be able to find it, but 
took a lot of knocks to the head, so I'm not surprised that <laughs> I, I missed, I, I forget the small stuff. For sure. So, yeah, you yeah, you played for the San Jose Earthquake, then you played for Toronto, and you played for Portland. So what, what was your overall experience like uh, in the MLS? Uh, I mean, I, I loved it, you know, being being able to play for five different organizations, um, you know, living in all those different cities, and it's just a, it's something that it's it's a part of you, it's it's a part of your life, your life journey to get to where you are now, and you know, it's it's when you think about it, and you reflect on yourself, and you reflect on what you achieved, you know, it's um, it, you know, I, I think back, and I'm you know pretty proud of, of what I accomplished uh, as a player. I know it's not easy. It's, it's really difficult. Um, definitely a lot of uh, a luck is involved as well. You know, you think of the amount of players that I came up in youth soccer with that all, you know, wanted to be pros. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of Boston, you think about the amount of guys that actually made it out. And, I mean, I can still only count on two hands the amount of players that actually, you know, had a significant career and, um, you know, when you think of that, when you think that you know you were one of those guys, um, it's definitely very humbling. Yeah, and then um, after the MLS, you went to China. So how how did that happen? Um, my agent at the time, uh, I told him that you know one of my dreams was to play in Asia. Uh, I've always had had my eye on doing something that's a little bit different compared to everyone else. I mean, Europe wasn't really the goal for me because I knew just how difficult it was to really get into Europe and play. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have like a, a European passport, um, you know, it's, it's really difficult to get into to, to Europe. So um, always think about maybe trying a different route. And Asia was something that not many people talk about. And I knew obviously soccer existed over there. You see how crazy the fans are in, in, in Japan and and, and uh, places like that, and uh, you know, China was was a bit unknown, but um, definitely a lot of history there in China uh, of their football uh, program and their league. And I just expressed to my agent that hey, uh, you know, that's where I want to be. And if any kind of opportunity ever presented itself, um, I wouldn't hesitate to, to to be honest. So you know, the opportunity presented itself, and you know, at the time, I I had enough international caps my profile was high enough that I would be attractive to, to a team over there uh, being a striker mm-hmm. uh, being versatile and you know left footed so uh, it, it, it helped my case and um, you know I eventually made made the deal happen and, and went over there yeah and just living wise like what, what was that like it was it was good but definitely challenging mm-hmm. uh, the language barrier um, I had my my family over there, my 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 wife and, and two daughters. You know, um, the the salary and everything like that is great. You know, it helps helps set you up for for life um, after football, which you know it's much longer than your actually playing career. So uh, you know that was a huge plus, and you know we definitely sacrificed a lot of the the comfort, so the food. You know, we cooked a lot to make sure that we're. We're eating things that, you know, it's not going to get us sick or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, our, our comfort food. So we, we'd go make sure we got our groceries, everything like that, and, and really look out for each other. And, you know, we spent a lot of time um, together as a family, you know, during, during my traveling um, in China and in 
the next year after that, playing in Korea. Um, but we met some good friends as well. You know, there's a lot of you know, American or English teachers um, that live over there that teach English. So um, you definitely see some foreigners around, depending on what city that you live in, uh, when you go to a place like China. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with B-Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's definitely cool that you played around the world. Um, yeah, man. And then, yeah, you retired in 2016. So what, what have you been up to since then? So after I retired, I got the opportunity to, to coach. Uh, I got my, my B coaching license after at, between the time that I left, left MLS and went over to China during that offseason. I, I did my, my coaching course just thinking about, okay, what do I really want to do after I'm playing? But knowing that I had, you know, uh, a good career, Coaching was always going to be an option, you know, for me. Just thinking about, okay, what, you know, what can I do to get the certifications that I need so I'm able to be able to qualify for any kind of jobs. You know, I had my degree uh, from Morgan State, which I actually had to when I when I got traded to Portland, I went back to school uh, for the first four months of the season, you know, uh, driving the the two hours back and forth to finish up my classes that I had to do um, actual lab for so I had to actually be in class I couldn't just knock them out online mm-hmm. so I had to wait since 2006 to 2013 to when I got back to when I got traded to Portland um, it was just one of, the, one of the happiest days for me because I was able to finish my degree which is something that um, you know is really important for me in my life and you know for my family so yeah so that was that Gotcha. Um, yeah. So you said you're an agent now, right? Yeah. So are you're are you getting like MLS players and in international? Yeah. So um, you know, I get I get players that request from you know overseas agents, players that are reaching out to me mm-hmm. uh, that all want to come to MLS. You know, it's it's on the daily. So you know, it's a lot of uh, a lot of requests coming in, a lot of a lot of emails and. Instagram messages and you yeah. know, everything like that, but uh, but yeah, you know, um, I mainly focus on the players that are coming out of the academy, looking for homegrown deals. Uh, players that are coming out of college, looking to get into FMLS, even the USL, uh, which you know, for the most part now, it's more realistic for guys to be coming out of college, playing in the USL to get their minutes until you know they prove themselves that they are you know up to MLS standard. It's just getting a lot more difficult for for the young players now, but uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoy doing what I'm doing now. Uh, being able to open up doors for players with the, with the relationships that I have, um, playing against guys that are now coaches or GMs that know me, so you know they know that if I put my name behind a player, you know they they respect that. Mm-hmm. You know I I've, I've been through MLS. They know that I've. Uh, I know what it takes to succeed, so they, they trust my opinion on players. So, you know, any way that I can help, you know, the next generation of players, you know, live their, their dream the way that I live mine, um, you know, definitely satisfying for me. So it's not just work. It's, you know, I don't think about 
think about it as work. I think about it as, you know, this is my duty and this is actually something that makes me happy because I'm able to help a player that may not have that kind of option, if, you know, if he never was in contact with me or um, mm-hmm. someone that could actually make something happen. Yeah, definitely. Um, are you ready for the five Quincy questions? Sure. <laughs> What do you think the most important skill or quality was for you uh, as a successful pro player? Um, I would say paying attention to the, the details. Mm-hmm. So knowing I had talent, you know, dribbling, things like that, but seeing the details of uh, defending well, being, uh, being a tough player to play against, trying to, trying to get as all around as, as, as good as possible so you're you know, serviceable to your team, you know, winning the balls in the air, you know, uh, being an aerial threat, you know, scoring goals from different angles, and, you know, anything that you can do to keep yourself on the field, being versatile and playing different positions, you know, that was that was probably uh, my best attribute. So I'd say just, you know, being being versatile and paying attention to detail. Gotcha. What do you think the biggest mistake uh, pro players are making? Uh, that's a tough one. There's so many mistakes. I mean, taking care of your body off the field, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, because all, all it takes is one injury or, you know, a tweak here and it, it, puts, it puts you off the lineup and then the next guy gets the opportunity and, um, and keeps and keeps his spot and then you're on the outside looking in. You know, that's a, you know, there's so many different ways to, to mess up the playing time that you have and when you think about it you know it's it's a, the guys that, that go the farthest are the ones that are on the field playing so mm-hmm. you got to do everything that you can physically mentally to keep yourself on the field and you know the odds are if you're on the field then you're gonna you're gonna have a long career what advice would you give a young player trying to make the mls or another pro league i would but I would say all right, there's so there's so much there's so much <laughs> advice to give. Uh, but if if he has a talent um, and it's and it's what you really want to do, you know, put put everything into it. But at the same time, focus on your studies because you know your life after football is going to be a lot longer than your life playing uh, in during you know in the game during your career. So you know, have have something to fall back on if that means having a degree or just having a plan of what you want to do. So you have so much downtime when you are a pro, you know, you, you just train for, you know, two hours of the day, you know, you're traveling a lot, but during that time you're able to, you know, study, you know, get your assignments done, you know, really research what you want to do. So I would definitely take that time to have as much options as possible and, you know, just be a more well-rounded person. Yeah, what is something that most people think is true that you believe isn't? That's a that's a real quizzy question. That's <laughs> what kind of philosophy he's thinking about? Very true that I think it isn't. <laughs> some guys answered it in soccer terms. Some guys answered it in random th- thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm I'm going more the random route. All right. Soccer is soccer is pretty predictable, you know, in a, in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, I believe in space. You know, definitely believe that there's there could be aliens out there. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's something like that. Where definitely, you know, we're we're a small we're a small fraction of the universe. So I, I think that there's definitely you know more life out there. Some people believe it. Some people don't. But uh, you know, yeah. I think there's. I think I don't think we're the only ones um, of life in the world with all the different galaxies and, and science. So science is still well, the interesting thing, you know, for me. So I, I would say that that would be my answer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, science is definitely interesting. Uh, la- last Quincy question: What is something that you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what the what will happen if it didn't go well? Something I would move forward. Huh. I would say maybe starting some kind of business like a, like a Jamaican restaurant or, you know, something like that where you know that it would add value to the community. People would love it. They would love the food, especially how good it is. But, you know, like they say, it's, it's, it's a hard, it's really hard work. Um, definitely need the experience working in a restaurant working running a restaurant and um, you know that's something that once you make that decision it's a, it's a huge jump and can't really be doing too many other things while doing that so that'll probably be my answer for for that question yeah actually yeah actually I heard opening up like a restaurant is like one of the hardest businesses to do yeah exactly but you know like if, if it goes right then yeah. um, you know it, it, it could be really really successful but you know, it's like a professional, you know, professional sports career. It's, it, can go, it can go really well, but the odds are most likely it's, it's not, you know. So um, when, you, when you look at logical numbers and the success rate of making a decision, you know, definitely there's, there's a lot of risk um, going into trying to make a career being a pro and then at the same time open up a restaurant that, uh, you know, you would add value to, you know, your your community or, you know, add a value to the team that you play on. Mm-hmm. So I, I see the correlation with that for sure. Yeah, you ready for some off-the-pitch questions, some lighter questions? Sure, sure. Uh, who, who's uh, one player that you exchange jerseys with, uh, one in MLS and one, like, international? You, you go all-time. Uh, all-time for me, for sure, was um, Thierry Henry. Um, he was someone that uh, followed him from when he was at Arsenal, and you know he was my favorite player. Um, he was he was a winger slash striker as well, so I try to mirror my game, you know, off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he was just he was just you know everything to me. So when he came to um, to Red Bull, uh, you know, I was able to play play against him, and we both scored um, in the same game, and. Uh, you know, after the game, I asked him for his jersey, and you know, he congratulated me on on a, on a pretty cool goal that I scored in that game. And you know, he he had the last last with um, I think scoring two goals that game with an assist and um, and, and getting the victory. But you know, uh, it was a pretty cool moment for me to to hear from his mouth. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Congratulate me on my goal and, and let me know that he told me that I was a good player and um, 
You know, that was something that I would never, from when I was a kid watching him, you know, in my living room, I would never think that I would ever have that moment to, like, that's, that was kind of like a dream that he could yeah. never predict. And, um, you know, still to this day, I had that jersey. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely tucked away, you know, to someday, you know, show my, my grandkids and, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. You're definitely the first uh, player that I had on that actually did the exchange with their dream player. Dream player. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's you can never predict it, but you yeah. know, you never know what 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 could happen in life. And uh, you know, he's he to me, he was like the guy. You know, there was yeah. you know, the Brazilian Ronaldo was great, but like he was someone who I like. Oh, he he plays the way that I I like. I like how uh, what he does, and like I can actually do a little bit of what he does. I try to, you know, copy the way that he played and the kind of goals that he scored, and you know, just just being a kid. And um, he was still, you know, really good when he when he came here. So, you know, just to see how he took care of himself and how he performed, you know, at his age, um, and then getting the opportunity to play against him was. Uh, Something I definitely gonna, you know, never gonna forget. Uh, you know, I forgot my first goal, but I'm not gonna forget that goal. <laughs> that moment with him. Um, yeah, I got two side questions off of that. Uh, how many jerseys do you have, like, from exchanging with players? Uh, I, don't, I don't have that many, actually. I only have about, I would say five. Oh, okay. um, and then, what do you think uh, about? What do you think about, like, in the past? Probably, I don't know. Maybe like last five years. Like the NFL started doing it. Um, I don't know if I don't really think MLB or NHL does it. But what do you think about like other sports doing it now? Uh, exchanging jerseys. Yeah. Oh man, I think it's great. I mean, yeah. I mean, soccer started it. I think right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soccer, soccer started it for sure, and um, that's why I love the game of soccer because it's it's the world's game. You know, it's the most popular game in the world. You know, it's not even a it's not even a question. So, you know, just to see how MLS is growing, and so many soccer fans are embracing the game here, and you know, the stadiums are are are, are packed, you know, sold out. You know, it's no surprise to me because it's the world game. You know, the United States is a is a, is a very diverse, um, you know, place, and so you know, you, you have your 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 diehard football, you know, American, you know, pigskin fans, you know, like, you know, there's, there's, there's something for everybody, you know, here in the United States. And, yeah. um, and I just feel that soccer is going to continue to keep growing and the international player is going to keep coming in and the league is going to get better, you know, better players, more technical, which at the same time is going to be more difficult for the American players. Um, get opportunities but as long as they protect and make sure there's certain rules that are in place that make sure that there's a number of American players on the field the national team and the in the US national team and the the crop of young players coming out the academy are still going to have roster spots to play and uh, you know that's going to trickle into the yeah. senior team and, and, and having um, a better product you know to compete against the world and you know in the world clubs because you know a country so big um, it's so diverse, you know, we should be making 
the World Cup and being one of the top teams in the world, you know, as, as time goes on. And, um, you know, that's something that I definitely see and I, you know, predict that, you know, the U.S. is going to be a powerhouse, you know, eventually. And um, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what's your what's your favorite Jamaican dish? Uh, Aki is selfish with fried dumplings and green bananas, all side dishes, um, plant uh, fried plantains. Um, but yeah, Aki Aki and selfish is like the national dish in Jamaica. And uh, if anybody knows any Jamaican restaurants in any you know any city where they live in, if you ever go to Jamaica, you know that's the dish that you order. Um, it's definitely going to be different from anything that you've ever eaten. You know, it's not your traditional, like, chicken or chicken rice or mm-hmm. uh, different kind of meats, but it's, it's a unique dish, but it's, uh, it's an amazing taste. And, you know, yeah, people I've... love oxtails and curry goats and everything like that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the, for me, it's the best food in the world. I mean, it's, it's not even a question. <laughs> yeah, you, that might have been the fastest answer you had. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh, then la- last one. If what do you like doing in your downtime? Oh well, my my downtime now. Um, I'm always watching soccer. Really now for work. So I mean, I got to stay on top of what's happening in the in the world of football here abroad. Um, so I mean, I I enjoy doing that. So you know, like they always say, you know, you want to love what you do for work. So I, you know, I definitely do that. Um, so if I'm not there, you know, doing that at home, um, traveling, watching games, um, meeting families. Uh, but you know, my family is obviously something that's really important to me. And um, watching my girls play sports. My oldest, she she plays volleyball competitively. Uh, she's 12. My youngest daughter. Uh, she's going to be 10 this year. She's nine right now. Um, she plays soccer. So every evening, if I'm in town, um, I'm taking them, you know, to their practice. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, as a family man, it's really important that, uh, I'm involved in, you know, their life. And I just remember how my parents raised me where, you know, when you look up, you see that your, your, your parents on the sideline, you know, watching me play. Or, or at your game, you know, watching you play, it gives you that extra sense of motivation. And, you know, you see some other your teammates that, you know, their parents weren't, weren't able to be at their games. And, you know, you you see how special that is, you know, to be in your, uh, there supporting your kids. So, you know, that's kind of where I, uh, I like to spend my time. And, um, you know, I really enjoy being able to do that now in my retirement as a player. Yeah, definitely. Like as you said, your when your daughters play soccer, so does, does she know like you were pro and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they know. I mean, they yeah. they're old enough to, to travel, um, you know, everywhere with me. So they they got to see the world. Yeah. Um, my oldest daughter, she was she was born in Sweden. Okay. Uh, my youngest was born uh, here uh, in San Jose, um, up in Stanford Hospital. Uh, and so they, you know, they were involved. You know, every every team I played for, you know, they were there um, to support me, and you know, uh, and, and raise them in different cities. So yeah. uh, they got to see, you know, they got to experience a lot that maybe a lot of the kids haven't, unless you you came up in like a military family or 
you know, that, that goes along as well. So, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, can you let the people know where they can follow you at? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can follow me on my Instagram. don't really use Facebook that much anymore, but um, I remember what my what my uh, my name is on there. I think it's Ryan.Johnson9 yep. uh, on Instagram. So if you want to see what I'm doing, where I'm at, see all my, you know, my family, I, it, I keep pretty pretty general what I post, so that's where you can find me. Yeah, again, appreciate it, and best of luck out just being an agent. Yeah, man, appreciate it, man. Definitely going to need it, you know. Not easy out there. <laughs> Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.